Hello and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Welcome back to another episode of the Feminine Genius Podcast. You probably know our guest this week as the Possibility Mom, or maybe you're familiar with her work that she's done on HGTV. But however you know her, I'm sure you'll agree that Lisa Canning truly is a super mom. She is a proud mother of seven beautiful children with an eighth one on the way. And her mission as the Possibility Mom is to help and encourage other mothers to be great mothers all while pursuing their dreams. And she's done that through her blog, inspirational social media posts, her book, and TV and podcast interviews and appearances. I caught up with Lisa as she and her family prepared for a huge move from Toronto to Florida to talk about her own personal faith journey, how the idea of the Possibility Mom started, and how she's seen her own feminine genius flourish throughout her life. Hello, Lisa. Hello. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for sharing some of your time with me. I usually interview in some pretty interesting places. Do you mind sharing with listeners where we are right now? <laughs> we are currently in the Canning family vehicle, the Ford Transit that seats 10. Amazing. Wait, is it 10? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, 10. Amazing. It fits currently my seven, soon to be eight children, and then we will outgrow it. And we need to upgrade to the 12. <laughs> Well, congratulations. Oh, Thank just you. on everything. And again, it was just such divine providence, I will say, that we were able to meet up. I'm excited. Oh, okay, well, first I was wondering if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what it is that you do currently. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Lisa Canning. I currently live in Toronto, Canada, but we are uprooting our whole family and moving down to Southwest Florida, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And we're moving to Florida for many different reasons, but probably one of the biggest reasons is that we found ourselves as digital entrepreneurs the, the ability to be able to pick up and move. So yes. for the last 10 years here in Toronto, I have run an interior design practice where I was helping families thrive at home through interior design. I got my start in um, HGTV on a mm-hmm. television show. It was very interesting. I've worked with some pretty cool people like the Property Brothers. And then as I grew my interior design business, I had seven children in the exact same span of time. And I remember (laughs) it just got more and more and more difficult to manage everything. And Mm -hmm. for me, everything came to a huge implosion when I had my fourth baby. It was not in this current car we're sitting in, but it was (laughs) in a minivan. And I literally was driving or I was parked, bringing her into a job site just seven days postpartum. Like I still had the bandaid on for my epidural. I was just like a total mess, but I had put so much pressure on myself to show everybody that you can have it all, that you can make it, that you can juggle your career and your kids, but that it all is effortless and it requires no strategy and you can look great doing it all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's when I had the implosion where I was just like, there has got to be another way where a mom, a woman can follow her dreams But it doesn't have to be the constant expense of her health, her marriage, and her family. Because at that time, fourth baby in five years, 
marriage was hanging on by a thread because we never saw each other. Mm. My relationship with my kids was heading nowhere good because I never saw them. And my mental and physical health and my spiritual health, none of it existed. Just, (laughs) it was all hanging on. Everything was hanging on by a thread. And so basically for the last five years of my life, so this particular child I'm talking about, her name is Rose. Mm. She will be um, six. I can't believe it in November. And basically the last few years of my life have been a process of Mm -hmm. how can you do this? Like, how can a mom Mm -hmm. actually have it all? Because I actually believe that a mom can have it all. Mm -hmm. But the big distinction is that she cannot do it all herself. So what I do now Mm -hmm. is I've written a book called The Possibility Mom, How to Be a Great Mom and Pursue Your Dreams at the same time. And then alongside that, I have online courses Mm -hmm. and then one-on-one coaching and I speak around the English speaking world. So that's, that is what I'm doing now. Amazing. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on that, like the possibility mom. And I love the distinction that you make between, you know, having it all, but then also, you know, just doing it all because, you know, just stepping into your house for a little bit. And of course in the middle of a huge move, but I can't imagine what it must be like to just like have such a beautiful, but extremely like you know <laughs> loud <laughs> family and really really loud which is why we are sitting in my passenger van where it is quiet there is nowhere else in my house that is quiet yeah, but also just to have like you know you just casually slid that in there hgtv property brothers and whatnot and i'm i'm in awe right now. <laughs> you're just, very oh, sweet you're very oh my very, goodness very sweet. yeah what drew you to interior design mm. like i could i can tell that you have an eye for just like all things beauty and aesthetic and whatnot. Mm. What drew you to that? I was always artistic. You know, Mm -hmm. as a child, I was always drawing and whatnot. I went to a performing arts high school and it was, it's interesting because I was a visual art major at this high school, Mm -hmm. but I kind of thought, I thought I was going to go into fashion. I I really, interior design was sort of nowhere on the horizon, but a mom at my high school Mm -hmm. was always like, you need to be on television. And I just remember being like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, and she was just like, this is your career. You need to get up in front of people and speak. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I always say this, Mercedes de Castro, wherever you are in the world, you started my entire, you know, everything. Wow. Because she basically introduced me to a production company that was doing this new show, Marriage Under Construction. And that's how I fell into interior design. So it was completely by accident. Wow. It was by hosting a television show and then of course all these people started calling because of the show and then Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to not only do interior design for real but then run a business how do you make this profitable Mm -hmm. so I fell into it kind of by accident although I've always been artistic and then it was a very long process of understanding the craft as well as understanding how to run a business and all of these things have been helpful in in what I do today for sure So I wanted to touch on a little bit, you were talking about physical and mental health, but also spiritual health. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if we could just hear a little bit about your personal faith journey Mm -hmm. and just how that has come to fruition. I was um, raised as a cradle Catholic, you know, Filipino parents who are wonderful and really just the Filipino Catholics are a strong force to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. So the faith was always in my life both in a cultural way as well as present in the home. There were always, like, mm-hmm. rotating Mary statues. I feel like every quarter there was a new statue that miraculously appeared <laughs> that we all, you know, gathered around. But in, in seriousness, that pulse of the faith was always there. Mm-hmm. I can remember my parents always bringing me to, you know, an adoration chapel close to our home and, like, mm-hmm. you know, me being so reluctant to go and pray and, you know, very cynical. I don't want to be told when I have to pray. Like, just, but I'm 
I'm so grateful that my parents instilled this really steady pulse of the Catholic faith. But for a long time, I didn't really understand any of it. Like, Mm -hmm. it was all just sort of cultural as well as just sort of these are the rules that you follow. None Mm -hmm. of it was, I would say, like very much part of the way I lived. And I had a big aha moment. I had several aha moments, but I would say my real like adult acceptance or reversion or whatever you want to call it of the Mm -hmm. faith being mine was around the time I was 17, 18 and I was exposed to Protestants. It's really interesting. So growing up, I hadn't, I didn't have that much exposure to Protestants particularly just because I am for whatever reason, but I fell into this group of friends who were attending all kinds of different services. And I Mm -hmm. went to a huge evangelical youth conference where people Mm -hmm. were being slain in the spirit. I had never heard of praise and worship before. This was the first time that I was hearing live, like a rock and roll band. I just remember being like, this is so different than the organ (laughs) at, you know, my home church. Right. And that set me off on this whole exploration of, I guess, the Holy Spirit, really. I I hopped along to all these different Protestant churches in Toronto. And then when I was 18, I went to a retreat in Orangeville, Ontario, that was led by charismatic Catholics. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, they can be one and the same. Like, I kind of just was never, had never been exposed to, Mm -hmm. especially young people. This particular one, it was one of the first churches in the greater Toronto area to introduce Life Teen Mm -hmm. as part of their thing. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, like my faith is alive. And through that community, that's where I came to understand things like theology of the body. And really just to be honest, unpack church teachings that I had never really ever understood. Mm -hmm. And that took me on a whole journey of um, leading worship music for a period. And also just really understanding what does it mean to be a Catholic and make it like mine, not just like the faith of my parents or the faith of Mm -hmm. my culture Mm -hmm. or the faith of whatever teachers are telling me. And so, so yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm grateful for the, that very, that was a very transformative experience for me. And then, um, I've been, I guess a hardcore Catholic ever since. <laughs> I don't know. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's so beautiful. And, and just thinking about how that in itself, like just how, how you've come to call a faith your own and how it's come to shape mm-hmm. the way that you live your life, the way that you run your business, like this, this whole thing about the possibility mom Mm -hmm. and whatnot, like how have you seen that kind of shape the way that you think about motherhood? Well, it's interesting, you know, even as I use the word reversion, I actually like even hesitated as I said it, because I think Mm -hmm. like every day is a reversion. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yes. Because every day you have to trust God. You know, and so, you know, to give you the timeline post being 18, I went to university at a very secular university. I was very confused about my identity mm-hmm. when I was at university. I knew that the Catholic faith was true and I knew that I wanted mm-hmm. it to be true in me. But of course, I think like many other university students, I was studying fashion also on top of it. So I was influenced by all these very worldly things and very alcohol motivated things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would say I had a very typical university experience. And so I almost feel like at all these different pivotal points in my life through university, being married, going through struggles, having babies, being open to life. What does it mean to use NFP in a way that mm-hmm. is like joyful and yes. not where you're feeling like you're shackled, all these things, I feel like we have constant reversion. And so for me, it's interesting. And if I may, I'm just gonna be super vulnerable. Part of my Catholic misunderstanding was natural family planning. I had Mm -hmm. never really understood what that meant. And for anybody listening that might not understand it either, it is the Catholic Church's teaching on 
contraception and being open to life and that there are ways that you can very naturally, uh, this is a very minimal way of describing it, but there Mm -hmm. are ways that you can naturally avoid pregnancy if that's what you feel like God is calling your family to. And then of course, natural ways that you can conceive. And I was very, (laughs) let me underscore the word very skeptical of this whole process because of course, everybody I knew when I was a young person getting Mm -hmm. married and whatnot, Everyone I knew who was teaching NFP had like 12 children. (laughs) So I was like, clearly it's not working. Like I just was so confused (laughs) why these big families were teaching how to not get pregnant if that is your choice, but they Mm -hmm. were always getting pregnant. And of course I have a very different perspective on that now, but at the time (laughs) I didn't really understand. But really it's the openness to life that quote unquote forced me to become the possibility mom. Because what started to happen in me was I became unrelenting in the pursuit of following my dreams. Meaning, how do I figure this out? Okay, I've got one small baby, not that much money for childcare. How can I figure out how to still follow my dreams? Had another baby, still limited money for childcare. And on and on and on and on. And of course, like I shared, I didn't do it very well those first four years. Mm -hmm. I definitely pushed myself way too hard in the area of Mm -hmm. goals and dreams and there wasn't balance. But then post the fourth child, started to see success. Fifth baby, sixth baby, seventh baby, started to now eighth baby, started to grasp and understand and master that we own our time. Like meaning we have choice. And when you pair total surrender to what God wants in your life, Mm. And the strategy of things like time management and just sort of utilizing smart things that our Lord has made available to us in the modern world. Some pretty cool stuff can happen, but it requires a hands in the air posture of surrender that Lord, especially in the area of life and to not be afraid of fertility. You want this to happen So you will make a way to happen. That has been, I guess, like the cadence or like the song anthem of my life for especially over the last 10 years, especially over the last five. Mm -hmm. And the things that he has made happen have been pretty phenomenal. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I think what I'm hearing from that too, like the surrender and this openness, like I think especially now and, and what I will say too, to listeners, anyone who doesn't, who isn't familiar with Lisa Canning, like you know, you were young and vibrant and beautiful. Like, you know, your whole family is like young and vibrant and beautiful. But I know that there are people that are in my generation and my age that we're so stumped, I think. We feel like we need to control everything. And Mm -hmm. especially around the areas of marriage, even Mm -hmm. like just getting into getting married Mm -hmm. or thinking about starting families and whatnot. We hear it all the time where studies are showing that we're getting married later and later and later Mm -hmm. in life just because we feel like we need to like have everything under control first, have Mm -hmm. all the the right, the right amount of money, so to speak, before we even jump into it. Mm -hmm. And I guess like maybe not necessarily kind of like a to-do list or this is what you should do, but it's like, what do you, what do you say to that? Like, how do you encourage young Mm -hmm. people who are like Mm -hmm. stuck and they're just not Mm -hmm. surrendered or maybe they don't know how we can't control everything. Mm -hmm. I could drop dead in five minutes, not to be too morbid or anything, but I legit, Mm -hmm. we're preparing for this huge move. Something could impede us from moving in the next two days. What would we do? There really is nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, despite our best efforts that we can control. And I think this is what I've learned in being open to life, but then also seeing the Lord make possible so many things in the midst of having so many babies is that 
we have to, there's no, there's no option. It's just, and this is what I think that Mm -hmm. everyone can relate to, regardless of your faith background, regardless if you believe in God or not. I believe that everybody can agree that we do not control anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to simply like, it's just a fact of life. You can prepare for anything. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example from my own life. Please. Super healthy all through university. I was a competitive cheerleader. You know, I was, I was at the top of my health. Probably we get married the whole world in front of us. We're all excited. I just started this television career. Everything was like, you're going to be this huge HGTV superstar, da, 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 all these things being told to me. And I remember I had gone to my doctor right before uh, we got married for just a, a general physical. And she was like, I kind of feel something in your neck, but go on your honeymoon. No big deal. Come mm-hmm. back. Let's get it checked out. Mm-hmm. Come back immediately. Ultrasound looks weird. Get sent for a biopsy. Biopsy looks weird. Diagnosis, thyroid cancer. I had to be operated on immediately and then radiation after. I was like competitive cheerleading. I was at the gym like five times a week. The things that were entering my body food-wise were so healthy. You know, like Mm -hmm. how could you plan for that? Yeah. This is what I mean. Like if you have a problem with control, then what I would say is actually practice not being in control. Like I know it's kind of a weird thing to sound whatever, but Mm -hmm. literally practice doing things. Spend time with small children. I know that's a funny thing, but they will teach you very quickly that you are not in control. Or like do things where if somebody is offering you food or something, this is kind of a weird example, but like just be like order for me. And then just be completely happy with what shows up in front of you. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like I do think that we can exercise in our daily lives Mm -hmm. a lack of control but I do think that this is a plague on our society I do think that this is to Mm -hmm. your point about young people trying to figure out like what do I do for work it is like a paralyzing condition because here's the thing even if you do pick the best option let's just say Mm -hmm. it may not be the best option like you may get to it and be like I hate this Mm -hmm. or the company that you thought was like your golden ticket opportunity might shut down. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like you, even with the best intentions, things will happen and you can't control them. Wise words. Thank you. It's like, oh, that's amazing. I wanted to know in terms of, especially as you're getting ready for this big move now and talking about how uh, you and Josh, your husband, are both tech entrepreneurs and whatnot. If you could share a little bit about the business that you run now, like like the Possibility Mom and coaching and what is it that you do with that? Yeah. So the book Mm -hmm. was a really fun experience. Not so fun to write. Very fun to have (laughs) written. But I'm very grateful for it because it really Mm -hmm. helped me to understand and forced me to explain, like, how do you actually figure this out? How do you make time, like, for your spiritual life, for your physical life, for your marriage, for your kids? How do you do that? Mm -hmm. And so I essentially have taken the methodology that I teach in the book and I've translated into a few different things. So I speak. I teach what I've written in The Possibility Mom. I have an online course called conquer your calendar and so that's all online I teach bombs how to manage their time in a very practical tangible way via an online course and then I do one-on-one coaching with moms and what's so fun is that it's all online mm-hmm. so it can happen anywhere right. anywhere that the internet exists I can be working mm-hmm. and anywhere that the English speaking at least for now the internet exists I can connect with a mom I've connected with moms in Australia Wow. In England, you know, I've coached moms all over Canada and the United States, and it is really just one of the most fulfilling parts of my work is to be able to speak hope into moms and then as well 
give very practical, tangible solutions because I think there's a lot of rah, rah, rah out there. There's no shortage of motivation, which is awesome. We need motivation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what I always found was like, okay, great. But then you, let's just say you go to a conference or you read a book or you listen to a podcast that is full of motivation. But then what happens when you step inside your house and your toddler has spilled the Cheerios all over the floor and then you notice that the report or the project you've been working on forever, your kids have taken and drawn all over and then you have a whole thing of dishes and then your husband is annoyed because you're home late again. Like, what do you do in that moment Mm. when you're like full of motivation But then your reality seems to require so much of you. That's what I felt was lacking. Mm -hmm. And that's what I hope and pray the possibility mom and all the work I do in coaching Mm -hmm. fills in the marketplace is the how. And particularly for Catholics, because I know you have a lot of, you know, Catholic listeners, of course. Mm -hmm. How do you ensure you are satisfying and doing justice to the vocation that you've been given? Mm -hmm. But if I may go on a small tangent, this is the thing where I think we can get a bit challenging sometimes in Catholic communities. Well, you know, oh my gosh, but your first vocation is to be a wife and mom. So that's all you have to do. Mm. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's all just like nothing else. There is a lot of truth. Like Mm -hmm. we cannot pursue our goals and dreams if they come at the expense of our family, mm-hmm. like it just is not possible. That is what I did for the first five years of marriage and motherhood and career. And it did not go very well. However, I think that the best way I've heard it described is Jennifer Fulweiler in her book. Love One her. Beauty- I know I love oh. her and we become friends. And every time I talk to her or she shows up on my phone, I'm like, I am friends with Jennifer Fulweiler. Oh. Anyways, she talked about the blue flame. And I just think that this is such a smart thing, regardless if you're a mom or if you have kids, if you don't have kids, if you're working, anything, Mm -hmm. is to understand that we're all fired or we're all wired rather with something that lights us up Mm -hmm. and that for some people, it will be things that will take you out of the home for periods. So for example, I just know that the Lord has called me to speak. When I open my mouth, it's something different than when I write. It Mm -hmm. is just, there's something different about it. That's going to take me out of the home, you know, for periods of time. But it fuels me with so much energy, and it is what God has called me to do. For other moms or for other people, it might be like baking. When they bake a beautiful cake, they are full of joy. They feel like they've been, they've given life to the people who get to eat it as well as they've received so much life as a process Mm -hmm. of making it. For some women, like homemaking, you know, she, Jennifer Fulweiler talks about in the book, she compares herself to other moms and, you know, and she would feel inadequate with these moms who just always had everything together. Like, you know, they always knew what day like pizza lunch was or crazy right. hat day was, or their home was always <laughs> immaculate and they seemed to make it look effortless. And she, using Jennifer's words, she always felt like really, really just like inferior. Mm-hmm. But when she realized that for some women, there are aspects of homemaking that are their blue flame that fill them with joy and energy and they can keep going and they can decorate and they can organize. Mm -hmm. And it literally is the thing that fires them up. And I think this is such an important distinction because motherhood does not mean the death of your personality and the Mm. things that you were interested before don't just go away. So why would we think all of a sudden I'm now a mom, I should do nothing else. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. And the other thing that I think is so important is that God wants us to be happy. If we are not happy, 
We are not able to impact and influence the people he has entrusted with. If I am a miserable mother Mm -hmm. because I feel unfulfilled or I feel like lonely and exhausted every minute of the day, Mm -hmm. that's going to impact my kids. That is not what God wants. We are meant to suffer. Yes. Like meaning, let me put, this is a very important distinction I'm about to make. Mm -hmm struggle versus suffer. Mm. I'm borrowing from my wonderful new friend, Catherine Winch, who wrote a book called Slay Like a Mother. And she says in her book, there's struggle, like, oh man, the, the toddler like spilled the Cheerios again. Or, oh man, I just worked so hard on that, on that report and now my mm-hmm. toddler, you know. But then there's suffering. Mm. And suffering is like, you're a horrible mom that you allowed your child access to the Cheerios or you're a horrible mom. You shouldn't even be working. This is what happens when Mm. you do these things, Lisa. There's a real big difference. And I think it's really important that we pay attention. There are things in life. Like it is not meant to be easy. The Catholic way of life is not meant to be easy. It's not meant to be comfortable. It's Mm. not, we are meant to struggle. And yes, you would, you would, some people would say suffer in a Catholic context, but it's not meant to be, misery all the time. Mm. It's just yes. not. We can do things. You know, I, I'm married to someone who very openly talks about his struggles with depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And this is often something that I'm asked is that must be so hard. And I'll be honest with you. It is. And it is something that I speak about with my, we speak about very publicly on my YouTube channel. We've done um, mm-hmm. interviews together. I speak about this with my, um, not so much anymore, to be honest, but like it still comes up in spiritual direction and whatnot. Sure. Even in that, even in the the hardness of motherhood and the hardness of mental illness and marriage, like you can find joy in the struggle and the suffering. You can. I believe it because experience has shown me that it's possible. And you can then, my favorite quote of all time, Francis de Sales, I'm going to butcher it though, Rachel, so I apologize. (laughs) But it's something like, God will either give you the grace to handle the suffering or he will shield you from it completely. And that has been the story of my life that in the times where it has just been so hard and I'm like, to be very honest with you right now is a pretty hard time. I'm physically exhausted because I'm very pregnant. I have been speaking all over the place. I have a huge event tomorrow (laughs) and I'm moving houses and I'm also managing the emotions of everyone in my house who is excited about moving, but also, you know, nervous. And we're saying goodbye to our nanny that we've had for a really long time, like just all these things. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel the like acute or what I would think is a reasonable amount of like pain or challenge. Mm. And I really do believe that it's God like giving me the grace to handle this time. I just believe it. Mm. And experience has shown me that when we surrender and we let God write the story, he can do some pretty cool things. I love that. And again, just to be mindful of our time, I wanted to just ask and close, as you know, the the podcast centers around the feminine genius and just Mm -hmm. this idea that each woman has their own unique gifts, talents, and we use that to live out our lives in a very particular way that God has entrusted us with, with your own experiences, the possibility, mom, your marriage, your family, your own career. And as that continues to flourish and grow, how you've seen the feminine genius work throughout your life. In order to give up control, we have to trust that someone's going to catch us when we're not in control. And in order to trust that someone's got to catch us, we have to be so close to our Lord. So I would say that for me, the feminine genius 
has almost been, I guess, a realization that that is where I have to place my effort and energy and emphasis. And I'll be honest with you, just to make it super practical, what I'm talking about is like daily prayer, mm-hmm. closeness to the Eucharist, the sacraments, like I could go on and on. I think having a spiritual director is a non-negotiable, especially mm-hmm. as you are entering times of life where you're making major decisions like that impact a family. So I think for me, it's been this acknowledgement that I can't do it all on my own, that I cannot control things, but that if I want to trust the Lord, I need to know him and to know him and to trust him means to spend time with him. And I remember when I was younger and I'd listen to podcasts like this and I'd listen to speakers like this and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have time for any, I don't have time for any of that. You know what I mean? Like I used to be so cynical yeah. and be like, where am I supposed to find all this miraculous time to pray as a young mother? <laughs> oh my word. As a young mother, I would be like, I would listen to these, you know, I'd listen to older moms talk about this stuff and I'd be like this is because your kids are grown you don't understand mine are always around me and they make so much noise I get it hello we're sitting in a passenger van that holds 10 people but you can figure out ways I was able to figure out a way that when my kids get dropped off at school every day it's blessed sacrament time Mm. you can get up 15 minutes early I'm talking just 15 minutes I know that's so hard and I I get I always get the pushback on that like I know I'm not a morning person da, da 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 If you're not a morning person, then fit it in somewhere else. But like, we can fit in 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I believe that anybody can, you know, I hate using this expression, but I'm going to, if a mom of almost eight kids or other busy people can fit in these short pockets of time of prayer, I believe that if you ask the Lord, help me to make this possible, he will help you see it. Whether it's like at 5 a.m. in the morning, whether it's 12 p.m. and you literally go to the bathroom at your office and you pray your rosary literally like Mm. in your bathroom. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But like if we can make time to watch Netflix, if we can make time to scroll on Instagram, if we can make time to like go to the new charcoal ice cream, whatever, (laughs) blah, 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 and stand in line for like Jollibee, blah, blah, like enter your, your vice or not even your vice these are all just fun things like Mm -hmm. but enter your thing of choice that you invest time in intentionally you can make time to pray even if it's like literally sitting in your car even if you put on a show for your kids you can make time even if it's imperfect time Mm. and so that's what I would say the feminine genius for me has sort of looked like or been translated in my life well Lisa thank you so much I know that I in this passenger van I am changed (laughs) I am very inspired and I really hope that listeners are too I know they will and like you were mentioning earlier it is such a a challenging and difficult time but also a very exciting time for you and your family so I from the bottom of my heart thank you for all of the time that you've given to me you're welcome Many thanks again to Lisa Canning for joining me on this episode of the Feminine Genius Podcast. And thank you also to her husband, Josh, and their wonderful kids for opening up their home to me. To learn more about the work that Lisa does and to order your own copy of The Possibility Mom, you can check out her website, lisacanning.ca, which I've linked in the episode description below. You can also check out more of Lisa's work on her YouTube channel and by following her on Facebook and Instagram, all of which is in the episode description as well. 
And as always, many thanks to you for listening and for all the love. You can listen to and download The Feminine Genius wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can follow us at FemGeniusPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time and God bless always. 